For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Oklahoma City Topic Thunder podcast. I'm your host today, Dylan at Thunder Chats, and I'm joined by two lovely gentlemen. First, I almost said Nebraska, coming to us from the state of Texas in his Denver Broncos gear, Maddie Moles. Maddie Moles, how you doing, man? I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited that football season's going to start at some point. Um, can't wait for the Bron- can't wait for the Broncos and the Sooners to you know kick off, and uh, I'm just really excited. I I hope that they do well this season. I don't know how everything's going to turn out, so I'm ca- cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I'm sure everybody's going to stay healthy for the Broncos, especially. <laughs> totally healthy. Everybody's good to go. We're we're 100. So yeah, we're we're there. All right, and I'm joined in the great state of Oklahoma by my boy Alex Roig. Alex, what up? What is up, man? I, I don't have anything sarcastic to say, so I'm good to go, man. We can roll. All right, rock and roll. Yep, we are We are currently recording this in the middle of Sunday night football in the fourth quarter. Um, I'm currently down two in fantasy, and I need Pat Mahomes to throw me a touchdown here. He's at like the three-yard line, first and goal. So I'm on pins and needles right now. But I'm And you got it. I, I think – no, did I? Yeah, you did. From the future? Yeah. Let's go. I'm on a delay, so I, I appreciate that. No, I'm, I'm going to watch it real time here. Mahomes to an offensive lineman. Let's go. That's perfect. That's literally oh the perfect ending. Oh, my God. hot potato in the end zone. I, I got to come clean. I did not have Fisher in my DraftKings lineups tonight. I did not have Fisher. Oh, my gosh. That makes me so oh. happy. Wow. wow. All right. That wasn't that wasn't hot potatoes, man. That was a good catch. No, no, no. I'm in the end zone. They was doing like a celebration. They was playing hot oh, potato. Man, Travis Kelsey could learn a thing or two from that man. <laughs> he high he high pointed it as high up as he could possibly high point it. Which was that, like a a few inches off the ground, but still good job for him. That was his full extension, I'm confident in saying. No, um, it was. All right, but before this turns into a football or fantasy football podcast, uh, there is some uh, there's some basketball still going on. Believe it or not, man, uh, 
Eastern Conference Finals just wrapping up. Uh, the Miami Heat taking down the Boston Celtics in six games. And prior to that, the Los Angeles Lakers were able to dispatch the Denver Nuggets in five games. So, In the words of Pat McAfee, <laughs> I called the Heat to the NBA Finals back in January. There are receipts. This thing is recorded. It is kept in a repository somewhere. I called that. Let's go. We'll definitely pull that out and and try to clip it for everybody to see. Because if there's anything, it. if there's anything that the Top of Thunder boys are good at doing, it's it's taking a victory lap on things we get right. Definitely. And uh, let's I, go. It, in the spirit of that, I just want to say two words. Tower hero. All right, Alex Roy, what, what do you got to say about uh, this uh, this finals matchup we got going on, the Western Conference and Eastern Conference finals that led to it? I mean, kind of like just as crazy this year has been, I think this is going to be – this is a crazy matchup. Because I, I, I honestly think I, – I know I know Matty Moles. I know he called it. But I think if, uh, if everything would have been normal and we would have had, you know, home court advantage and been playing in arenas full of Raptor fans and things like that, I think as much as you love Tyler Hero, um, I, I think I think the, the environment that he's in now is very much YMCA gym. And the environment that he would have been playing in front of 18, 20,000 rabid fans on the road, you know, they say about rookies and they say about bench players on the road, they don't travel. Um, and so I, I, think, I think it would have been a different outcome, um, but it made for great basketball. It makes for a great story. Um, and, and Jimmy Buckets, man, he's, he's a man on a mission. And, you know, as somebody that, you know, as, as, as for us, as somebody that used to cheer for, for Russell Westbrook, um, he's very Russell Westbrook-like mm-hmm. um, and his determination and dogged determination and everything. And so, you know, I've, I've been cheering for him this whole time. You know, I, a Celtics-Lakers matchup would have been great, but this dude, man, he's, this, this bulldog is, uh, is carrying this team, man, and he's, you know, he's, He's talking mess, and he's uh, backing it up, and he's doing good, man. So uh, it's it's a matchup that uh, I'm I'm not necessarily excited to see, but I'm I'm curious to see. Yeah, absolutely, man. And you know, like, like you said, Jimmy Butler's a bulldog, but the the rest of that team is some dogs too. Bam Adebayo, yeah, they are. Jay Crowder, oh, yeah. Goran Dragic, man, like dude's playing out of All his right. mind too. Definitely. And, uh, you know, you, I, I get what you're saying about Tower Hero and being a rookie, but listen, it don't matter if a dog's in his backyard, a dog park, or a dog show. He's going to perform, and Tower Hero <laughs> will perform either way. So that, that's, that's all I got to say about that. Um, on the western side of the ball, Lakers, you know, they, they lost that one game to the Nuggets. And mm. really, the whole series, Jamal Murray kind of had his way um, you know, one way or another, they the past couple of games, you know, they kind of controlled um, his three point shots uh, to an extent. Um, but Jamal Murray had a great series. You know, Cole Jokic really only had one good game. They completely neutralized him. And Davis and LeBron were just playing on another level. Um, what what do you what do you guys think about how the Lakers have played up until this point? I mean, it's been fine. It. It was I, – I know I talk a lot about the refs, but just watching 
how game, the games were called from game to game in that series was pretty frustrating. Like there was no consistency with what a foul was and what wasn't a foul. And definitely could tell that sometimes like the Nuggets weren't getting superstar calls and definitely the Lakers were. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting seeing how that carries over because they're as good as Jimmy Butler is like, he's a star, but he's not, he's not an AD LeBron, right? Like he's not a superstar. Um, And that team, that heat team is a collection of its parts being a really damn good team versus just having two guys have to go off every single night. And you hope that a Rondo or somebody like that, or green can contribute a little bit here and there. Like if the superstars aren't getting superstar calls, the heat could, could gentlemen, gentlemen sweep this thing, honestly. Um, if they're getting the superstar calls, like it could go potentially the other way. Like there is so much that's riding on the refs and how they call this game or this series because the Heat, they, they play nasty defense and that zone is no joke. And they, mm-hmm. they throw you out of, your, out, out of how you want to play. The Nuggets didn't offer anything like that for the Lakers, really. The Lakers were able to get to their spots. The Lakers were able to kind of do what they needed to do. And it was a matter of, are they going to hit shots or aren't they? Like, that's that's not necessarily going to be the case. They're going to have to fight to get to their spots in the next round. So I would say that as good as the Nuggets run has been, and it's been fantastic, Jamal Murray has had one of the best playoff performances I've ever seen from one person. Um this that series wasn't enough to really prepare them for what they're going to see in the finals. So I think that the Lakers did enough. They they probably I mean they should have maybe lost game one and maybe this series looks a little different if if they if that was the case. But um all in all like they did make the plays when they needed to. They got a little bit of the fortune that the Lakers seem to always get in the playoffs and here we are. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I, I, I get what you're saying about the, you know, the refs kind of giving calls. And, you know, the refs have been under a microscope this entire bubble. And, you know, uh, so much so that everybody – Scott Foster is probably a household name <laughs> in NBA Twitter's oh, house at this point. Um, so, yeah, it, it'll definitely be interesting to see how that shakes out. Um, because like you said, Jimmy Butler, you know, he's a star, but he's not a superstar. And even, you know, the other guys that have been contributing, you know, as good as Bam Adebayo has been, he was an all-star this year. He's not nowhere near, you know, Jimmy Butler's level as far as like, you know, star status, let alone LeBron and AD. So, yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. Uh, the matchup I'm really looking forward to seeing is Bam Adebayo and Anthony Davis. Uh, two Kentucky guys, two Kentucky bigs. It's, it's going to be fun to watch. Is that going to be the matchup? I, I, th- I think it will be. Honestly, you think? Do you think Jimmy? Do you think Jimmy guards LeBron primarily? I, I think so. Him and Jay Crowder, I think yeah, so. I think Jay Crowder does most for the most part. But yeah, I think they they throw different looks at him, especially with Jimmy. Absolutely, man. Well, I is is Anthony Davis going to get get dirty and play play the five? Is he going to do that? Or are they just going to have JaVale and Dwight just try to wear down Bam? I mean, more so like Bam having to guard AD. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. AD, I, yeah I think, he's not going yeah, to make it. Yeah, I think if you put AD at the five, you're playing into the Heat's hand doing that. 
but yeah, it's it's definitely gonna be a fun series. Um, it's well represented by Blue, Rajon Rondo, Anthony Davis, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, as we mentioned. So, as a UK fan, I'm excited. Um, I can't. I I want to cheer for the Heat in this. I really do because I enjoy their team. I enjoy their mindset. Uh, Jimmy Butler, this is a business trip. Like, I mean, I love everything yeah. about that, but I talked way too much mess to Heat fans during the season. <laughs> and they're going to be insufferable if they win. So I've got to go with the Lakers. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and give my prediction. You guys can also give your prediction. I'm going to say Lakers in six. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Lakers in six also. All right. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm saying Heat and six. Oh, Heat and six. <laughs> like, look, I'm I'm sorry, man. Like, LeBron is that dude, right? Mm-hmm. But he's gonna need help because he's going against a complete and total team. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I just don't think AD is gonna rise to the occasion in the finals. I don't I don't see it, man. I really I. I, I don't. I, mean, he, he, I don't. He, he might get he, one he, game. He was basically. He was basically the uh, Western Conference Finals MVP. I mean, that's cute because he's not going against Bam. He's not going against, you know, that that Heat defense. Like, yeah, but they, Bam Bam's gonna they, have to go against AD and like either Dwight or he's he's gonna be tired. I mean, he, he, I mean, that's cute. He plays point center and he's gonna get the ball out to to. Okay. to Duncan and to Tyler and, and, and Gorin, like those guys are going to be able to make them pay. So like, I'm, I'm about it, about it. Like the Lakers, this was a, this was a bad matchup for them. I think, I think honestly it would have been a better matchup for them going against Boston because Boston has no interior presence really that, that was, that would have muddled things and, and oh, made yeah. things difficult for, for the Lakers Man, that paint is not going to be free. It is not no, going to be open in this series. It's going to get clogged. So you're relying on guys like Rondo and Kuzma to step up and hit open shots consistently. And, and boy, I just don't see it. So, yeah, man, let's go Heat. And, by the way, I gotta, if, you got, if you got coaching, so I already think that overall, like, the two most talented players are obviously AD and LeBron, mm-hmm. but it's a team sport. And you get into the finals, like it's got to be more than just two guys. Like, I just finished watching. I know I'm talking a lot, but I'm making my point here. I just watched uh, the Last Dance. Man, Paxson is in history, and Steve Kerr in history for reasons, right? Like, as good as Scottie Pippen and Jordan were, they needed somebody else to knock down the shot when it mattered. I don't think the Lakers got that. I think that the the Heat could go to any number of guys at that time and it doesn't have to be jimmy butler so i i think for that like man the lakers are just so overmatched in this series it's going to be fun um and i'm i'm saying all that too because not only do i think that they have the better team but they're they have the better coach and spolstra is is going to always put his team in the right position to win and when they got the horses that they got man it's tough so he's going to be raising another banner man post d-wave banner that's going to be fun that's interesting. All right. They got Lakers in six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, man. I, I, I will say, uh, like, I, I understand everything you're saying there. Um, something that I've noticed uh, in LeBron specifically, his whole demeanor 
it's kind of changed uh, specifically in the last series. Um, I, I would say almost uh, up to the point where he decided to switch on Jamal Murray when he was cooking the Lakers in game four. From the minute that he switched on to him, he played great defense, shut him down, locked him up. It changed the game. Game five, you know, when the confetti was going and everybody was, like, excited and celebrating, LeBron was just sitting there chilling, stone-faced. Like, because yeah, – your, deme- your demeanor completely changes when you catch your son smoking weed. <laughs> so, uh, on Instagram Live. He said, I got to I gotta stop being the chill dad. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "I gotta get out of this bubble, so I, I gotta get out of this bubble, so I can, um, so I can, <laughs> so I can kick Bronny's butt." That's hilarious. But yeah, man. I, I playoff Bron's hard to bet against, and you know, like I said, with his demand, I think he's he's just on the, he's on that mission, man. So yeah, I'm 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 going with uh I'm going with Lakers and six, and I feel solid about it. But hey. Speaking of another Los Angeles team that's in the news lately. Oh. Well, Doc Rivers keep coming. and the Los Angeles Clippers have decided to part ways. Um, did either of you guys read a statement on Twitter? I did not. I, I never read those yeah. things. They're very lengthy. Yeah, basically saying, like, I wanted to bring us to respectability, make us a competitive team, a place that free agents would want to come to and to win a championship. And while I didn't reach all my goals, I'm proud of what we did. That's kind of a synopsis, like, just off the dome. I mean, it's not verbatim, but, like, it was a very classy exit. But it was nothing like, I don't know, it was almost like you guys have a lot to be excited about or something like the team moving forward has stuff to be excited about. It didn't mm-hmm. really it didn't really seem like, oh, I'm really excited and at peace with where I'm going in the future and all that stuff. Like, it wasn't any of that. So if you guys want to psychoanalyze that, that's probably a good ways to a good place to start. Um, so it, it so like the Benny so Billy Donovan and the Thunder split, it seemed completely amicable. It seemed yeah, like yeah, something yeah. that was in the works. It seemed like something that, you know, the communication lines were open completely between the two parties and, and at the end of the season, Billy was like, Look, I don't know what direction you guys are going in. The hell, dog? <laughs> this dog doesn't like Billy Donovan. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Billy didn't know what direction the Thunder were going in. The Thunder didn't really know what direction they were going in. So, you know, it was an amicable split. This one, um, I think this was more of a, uh, hey, you can either resign and make it look amicable or we'll fire you. One of the two. And so I think they respected him enough to give him that option. Mm-hmm. And so he took that option. I saw, didn't he have uh, two years left on his deal or something like that? Yeah, yeah he so. He's still good. Yeah, I mean, you know, Steve Ballmer, I mean, he's he's the richest owner in the league, so, like, it, it's no issue. But it, it is interesting because, you know, the Clippers have always, you know, going back to Lob City days and, you know, to their contending team this year, they've always had the looks of a contender, but once they hit the playoffs, I mean, you know, it just doesn't come to fruition. Like. They haven't made the Western Conference Finals in, like, ever, right? <laughs> ever. Ever. Like, that's yeah, – I, I, I never realized that until Diego, they, like, Diego, brought it all Buffalo. up. Yeah. yeah. That, that's insane. So, yeah, like, it's it's interesting that, you know, Doc Rivers um, 
is not there anymore. I, you know, you could talk about where Doc Rivers is going to go, and I'm sure you know you guys have your ideas about that. So do I. But who goes to the Clippers now? I got an answer. Tyler right. is going to step over him again. <laughs> I mean, Tyloo. Like yeah. the thing is, how? What better way to like? kind of troll LeBron a bit as in the other um, as the other team, the, the little brother team in Los Angeles, then to go out and get the, the last head coach that he won a championship with. Like, I think, I think that Lou makes a lot of sense though, as far as like not a player development standpoint, but uh, I can try to maximize my, my talents abilities and I'm going to be a player coach and not rock the boat too much type of thing. Um, you know, it's funny that Wob put out, he's like, it, it smells like uncle Dennis again or something <laughs> along those lines. Like I maybe, maybe, uh, well, cause you know, uncle Dennis with Kawhi and, and how he's really oh, yeah, for yeah, yeah. Kawhi. Okay. So maybe Kawhi went up and said, look like, Hey, Jerry, Jerry West, like I need, this isn't working for me with Doc. I need to go get Ty Lue. And, and really, I mean, he's the marquee name that's available right now, right? Like, you know, outside of maybe yeah, Doc, who they just got yeah. rid of. But, I mean, they're not trying to bring D'Antoni in. Like, that doesn't really maximize what, uh, what the Clippers are, are trying mm-hmm. to do, unless Kawhi's trying to play a lot of the four, right? Um, which I don't really see as a fit. Uh, for what they want to do so like I mean it's pretty much Ty Lue or bust I think for the Clippers at this point I don't think they have a backup plan they can't bring a first year head coach in because like it's championship or bust for the next year because Kawhi and Paul George have player options after the season so they got to go they have to get a coach that's experienced and outside of Phil Jackson or or uh, Greg Popovich walking through that door I think Ty Lue's their best option yeah, like their title window is like barely cracked open right now. Like it's it's next year, and like you know they they could walk. Um, Ty Lue is an assistant coach on the Clippers right now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So he, I guess you know that that makes the most sense for him to be hired onto the Clippers if he has a good relationship with Kawhi. Um, I'm starting to think if you have a good relationship with PG, it's probably <laughs> probably doesn't put you in good standing with the Clippers, but. Um, yeah, that, that'll be interesting. I think, uh, I think Luda the Clippers makes sense. Where do you guys think Doc Rivers is best to go to? I think he takes a year off. All right. Yeah, I, I honestly think he takes a year off. I think, I think Mike D'Antoni and Philly, I mean, there's, there's way too much smoke for there not to be fire there. Um, and as far as like Houston goes, I mean, like, I don't see, like, it's so, like, the Houston situation is so weird because, like, that mm-hmm. Houston team is made to be coached by Dan Tony. And, like, I don't necessarily know too much about Dan Tony's coaching tree. So maybe, you know, think of somebody um, that was an assistant under him that, that maybe has the same ideas as him offensively. Um, but you're going to bring in another guy, and depending on what that guy's – system is offensively I mean it's either going to work great or it's going to bomb horribly 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so Houston's under the same clock as, as L.A. is as far as, you know, you have your superstars and then you have these picks and these assets that are going out um, to Oklahoma City in the future. Um, and so if you're, not, if you're not winning a championship here within the next two years, you know, it was all for naught, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think Doc Rivers goes to Houston. That, I mean, it, it, it doesn't make sense as far as the, the, the scheme. Um, but I don't know. I think he takes a year off. I don't think there's any necessarily positions out there that would warrant him doing it. And I, you know, I think coaching in L.A. and things like that, it, it's very stressful sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I think coaching in that bubble and all the, you know, social injustice stuff that happened, he was very vocal about it. About it. I think he does take a year off and then he, you know, kind of regroups and especially, especially when the NBA finally returns to a normal schedule. I don't think it's going to be on a normal schedule next year either. Yeah. Um, and so hmm. I think he takes a year off. He can, he can do that. He's still getting paid. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sure, you can go be an analyst at any of like, you know, ESPN, TNT, oh, yeah. any of that stuff. So, and, and like the thing I'm saying about Ty, Ty Lue, man, like if you hire Ty Lue to be on your, on your coaching staff, you're literally hiring your 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 uh, successor if you don't win a championship he did the same thing with Blatt you know he was assistant in, on Blatt on Blatt's mm-hmm. bench and then you know now Doc Rivers probably gonna be the same thing with him and he you know he might he might lead him to a championship I mean who knows I hope not but he might um and so yeah and the difference between Ty Lue on the Clippers and Ty Lue on the Cavs is if he's the head coach at the Clippers he'll actually have to do some coaching you know, at the yeah, Cavs, yeah. like, you know, we all know who pulled the strings in the, at the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, yeah. yeah Rick Carter. <laughs> I mean, is is he going to have to, though? Like, it's – maybe that's just Kawhi. Like, I don't know. What does Kawhi want to do? Cool, do that. Like, maybe, maybe something that I haven't really – you know, people joked about it. What was Doc and PG's relationship like? <laughs> I don't know because they, they they have history. And how much history. how much did that weigh into? Because Doc was already there when all this other stuff happened. Like it was a little late in the game to like try to find someone else to kind of run that ship. And 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 also they didn't know it was going to be Paul George that was going to be coming on board. Like Kawhi had many other people that he was trying to bring along before Paul George became an mm-hmm. option. He was not so, his first choice. <laughs> So Doc Rivers like made sense to be there because like they didn't have Paul oh, George yeah. in the bag yet. But by the time they got Paul George, it was too late. Like Doc was their guy at least for this season. So there might I mean that might have been a doc trying to like do the company line and saying, like, well, this is the most talented roster I could possibly coach. So I'm gonna try to make it work. I'm a professional. But maybe it just like it, you saw at the end of the season, right? Like there wasn't a lot of cohesion. There wasn't a lot of chemistry in that, in that unit as a team overall. And I think that the history between Doc and PG maybe weighed a lot into that. And it almost made players that were there have to pick a side. Am I on Paul's side or side? Well, I've been, I know I've been done on Doc. I'm going to be on Doc's side. And then maybe like Paul George wasn't able to build the relationships he needed. Like this is something that I haven't really heard enough people talking about since the Clippers season ended. But I think that, that probably it was the relationship between Paul George and doc rivers that ultimately led to to the demise of what the Clippers could have been this year. And so they're trying to get maybe anybody in there, maybe somebody that's going to, you know, make it more of a less awkward 
you know, type of environment to allow for real cohesion and team building to happen. So I don't know. Um, but I, I just, I think that maybe that was probably a divisive point right from the jump. And here's my question with, here's my question with the clips. I'm sorry, Dylan. No, you're good. Uh, real quick. So outside of a coach, you know, you always, so every championship team has that voice uh, on the floor, you know, not just the coach, but they always have that player, um, you know, so, you had Draymond with Golden State. You had, you know, we talk about, we talk about LeBron in Miami Heat. You know, you had LeBron, yeah, but you also had, you know, Udonis Haslam. You had Shane Battier, players like that. You know, voices. Dwayne that, freaking Wade. <laughs> yeah, Dwayne Wade, exactly. Dwayne Wade. Um, who is that person on LA? And I think that might have been the issue with them this year. They don't necessarily have anybody. Like, I don't look at Kawhi and say, oh, yeah, Kawhi. You know, he's a leader. No, he's, he's more of a, you know, actions instead of words type person. Um, and, I, you know, and, you know, from everything we could tell, you know, when the season ended, as far as Paul George, he tried to take that mantle and people were, you know, shaking their head and kind of like, you know, eyes to the ceiling type thing, you know. Um, so who's that person? And so, you know, if you're expecting Ty Lue to be that person, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how that, how that dynamic works. I mean, it was maybe one of two players. It was maybe one of Montrezl Harrell or is maybe Patrick Beverly. Like, other than that, I don't know anybody else that could have been that guy. And they, and those guys can't be that guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah they're not. Yeah, see, I, don't think, I don't think they're a leader. I think, they're, I, I think they are emotional leaders. Yeah, I think they are emotional. Yeah, they're, they're, they're loud and they're, they're demonstrative. And that, that, you know, that works for you a little bit. Uh, but when that game is close – and, you know, you need that bucket or you need that stop or you need that whatever. I don't think those guys get you that stop nah. or that bucket, you know. Unless that stop is diving at somebody's knee after a whistle, like, yeah, neither one oh, of yeah, those completely stop the dynasty, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing about Kawhi that I, I don't think, you know, most people talk about it or even really notice it, like – in his title runs, he had a coach in Greg Popovich, and he had another great coach in Nick Nurse when he won those titles. And Doc Rivers, you know, he's he's a good coach. You know, he won that ring in Boston. Um, he never had that success in L.A. You know, when when I said, you know, this would have to – if Ty Lee was the coach, he would have to actually do some coaching. Um, that That's kind of why I think that. Like, I, I don't know if Kawhi – is like LeBron if he has that personality just be like no we're, we're doing it my way because like you said Alex you know he's not vocal enough to just be like all right you're the coach but just no. sit there and let, let let me do me let me go get my bucket let me you know show you how it's done I, I don't think Kawhi's that guy so that's why I I definitely think whoever it is if it's Ty Lue if it's Dan Tony if it's Barney the dinosaur whoever it is a head coach, like they're going to actually have to do some coaching uh, on a Kawhi led team. You need but... Barney out of this. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you bring Barney out there. You got BJ and Baby Bop as the assistant coaches. Oh my gosh. Rock with go. it. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say, like, I, I do agree that it makes a lot of sense for Doc to take time off. If I have to pick, like, where he's going to go, obviously, Philly and Houston make the most sense. Um, because they already have multiple stars there and they're ready to contend potentially for a title. 
or they want to contend for a title. Um, Doc's not going anywhere that needs any type of a rebuild or a reload or anything like that. Um, maybe a slight retool, if, if that's what you want to call it for Philly or Houston. Houston needing a big, Philly needing literally anybody that can shoot outside the paint. Um, I think that's that's really kind of where it's going to go. If I had to put money on it, I would say probably Philly because Philly's all in on Ty Lue and Ty Lue's going to the Clippers. I don't see any way that doesn't happen. So um, that's that's the way I see it shaking. So what you're saying is there's absolutely no chance a Doc River comes here. <laughs> no, zero chance. Yeah. Zero yeah, funds. There's no chance, people. So please don't start making – Matt Tierney, don't start making. What do you make, Doc? D O C D O K C. D O K C. Rivers. I I mean I put that tweet I I put that question up there because it was tongue in cheek and it was right after the, or you know right as the news was breaking. Like I, I was trying to be a funny guy, but like honestly, like Doc, if Doc, okay. I will say this 110%. If Doc comes to Oklahoma City, we're not trading Chris Paul. Like, yeah, that's true. that's so, like, that'll be your first indicator that we're not rebuilding and we're going to trade our assets and go get somebody. Maybe we go get a Giannis in a one year rental or something. Like, I don't know, but um, I just don't see that, that. I don't see that being the direction that we would go so soon after we let Billy Donovan go because we weren't willing to say that we were going to run it back and that we were going to try to be competitive. So doc makes no sense, especially right after we let Billy go. Yeah. And before we jump into our Twitter questions, since, since you did mention it, we had quite a, quite a few people ask about it. Uh, three um, said doc with a question mark. Maddie Moles pod said, do we get doc? Braxton creator says doc, <laughs> our number one option now. So a lot of people, not just irony, you know, a lot of Thunder fans, you know, it's just natural reaction. When a big name becomes available at head coach and you're without a head coach, or even if Billy Donovan is still your coach, they're like, hey, we need to go get that guy. And they don't really think about fit or timeline or anything like that. Like like you said, Maddie, like we are – we're in line for a rebuild. That was the whole reason we didn't, you know, we didn't bring Billy back because Billy was not – prepared to be on this team be on a rebuilding team billy didn't want to you know have the patience and wait through that he wanted to be on a team that was ready to compete and you know kind of win now which you know probably the chicago bulls so that's that's another story but yeah i <laughs> I, I don't He's there for the culture they have the opera that's why i want the to opera go house chicago. absolutely <laughs> pal gasol's giving him pointers pal gasol Yep, would be Thunder Legend Palgasol. But yeah, so no, I, I, I don't think that uh, Doc Rivers would be a good fit for the head coach. And I, I don't even think that he'll be considered. Um, Alex, I, I actually appreciate your take on that because I think that was a fresh take. I don't think I've heard anybody mm-hmm. say that, you know, Doc Rivers should take a year off. And you, you brought up great points for it. And, you know, selfishly, I'd just love to hear the gravelly voice on the microphone on, you know, color tom- commentating or play-by-play on the ESPN or TNT game. So, I'm all for I mean, it. A, a, a year off could be commentating. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about a year off from coaching. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm just like, yeah, I'm all for it, man. Let's, let's just do it. 
But, hey, speaking of coaching, speaking of Thunder, uh, you know, me and Tierney, we kind of gave our predictions last week. Tierney, uh, as Tierney does, gave a famous no answer, just saying it's going to be somebody we never heard of. And I, once again, cham- champion championing the AD to OKC. Um, so what is your all's predictions, or who do you want? I guess you could do both. Who do you want, and what's your official prediction for who the Thunder's head coach will be? So can can we talk about what happened on Saturday real quick? I mean, I'd be insulted if you didn't. So, of course, on Saturday, for some crazy reason, some seven-foot German from Dallas was spotted <laughs> was spotted at the OU game. So, of course, we're talking about Dirk Nowitzki. So the question becomes – why the hell is Dirk Nowitzki at an OU game? So let's 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 kind of like put the pieces together. Number one. So number one, he's German. Like I don't think football is necessarily something that you know. Maybe he's been in the states enough to to get an appreciation for American football. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's in Texas, so Texas has plenty of other options. You can you know you have the Dallas Cowboys. You know you have the and I know Dallas is playing in Seattle this week, but. You know, you have the Dallas Cowboys. You have, you know, University of Texas down in Austin. It's just an hour and a half away from Dallas. You have TCU, which is right there in Fort Worth. Um, and so there's plenty of options to see football if you want to see football regionally. Why get either on I-35 and hop up three hours to go to Norman or hop on a plane because, he's, you know, he's a baller like that, <laughs> you know, and, and fly up 30 minutes, 45 minutes to go to Norman um, to go watch a football game. Now, one theory is, you know, former Sooner legend Eduardo Nahara used to be his teammate for about four seasons there. And so maybe Eduardo was like, hey, come on down and watch the game. And that makes sense. But there was no pictures of him and Eduardo. There's a pictures of like this one guy. Don't know who he is, but it's just this one guy. And so, of course, Twitter became a buzz wondering if there was something else going on as far as, you know, could this be the next Thunder coach? And so, you know, I I started looking through the internet. And so I found a quote today from an article last year after he retired, uh, in which Nowitzki basically says, look, you know, probably, you know, maybe about a year or two, you know, I I would love to coach. I would love to get into coaching or he said managing, you know, that's, I guess in the translation, coaches and managers mm-hmm. are interchangeable. So he said, you know, I'd love to get into coaching. And he said, I'd love to take a young player and carry him out through his career. I mean, that sounds kind of like Oklahoma City's future. You know, that sounds like, hey, Shea Gilders-Alexander, Darius Baisley, Lou Dort, maybe oh. a Cade Cunningham in the future, maybe an Imani Bates in the future, that type of stuff. And so... <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Uh, and so I gotta go change so, my underwear real quick. Excuse yeah, me. Oh go. God. <laughs> and so I mean, as far as far as possibilities, here's the thing with coaching. So number one, when it comes to coaches, especially coaches for a rebuilding team, like you're never gonna know who it's gonna be. You know, if and, and when it comes to assistant coaches, there are no stats for assistant coaches. You know, you have the only stats you have for a coach is wins and losses. That's it. And championships. That's it. When it comes to assistant coaches. You just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can be Except like, yeah, this guy. Except for maybe guy, Mike um, Brown. Except for maybe well, Mike Brown. Like we, but, we but think still, he's pretty he, good. 
Mike Brown used to have used to be a, a head coach, so he has been lost record. Yeah. But you look at somebody like David Vanderpool, or you look at somebody yeah. like you know some of our guys from our bench, you know, a uh, 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 Vin Bavani or somebody like that. You know, they don't Mo have lost record. Mo Cheeks, exactly. Oh, he, they, yeah, he that has, don't have yeah. one. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So, so Dirk Nowitzki. I mean, if you're going to bring somebody with some panache, with some with a name attached to them. There's no, there's nobody like Dirk Nowitzki, especially locally. You know, as far especially the, you know, regionally, he used to be our rival, but everybody loves Dirk. Even though he was, you know, he's not Steph Curry, he's not Draymond, he's not LeBron, he's Dirk. Everybody loves Dirk, um, and so I don't know. That'd be a great option. I'm not saying that he's going to be the next coach. That's not going to be my prediction, but um, I just think it'd be a great option. As a former Rockets fan, that became a Thunder fan when the Thunder became the Thunder. Um, I hate Dirk. Wow, that was, that was, also, that was a mouthful right there. Like but I also, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not a, a fox and socks in a box on Knox, but I definitely, and, and I, may have, I may have read that to my daughter like this week. Um, <laughs> I, I will say like, I hate Dirk, but I, I'd love, I love Dirk and respect Dirk, like all at the same time. Like he, he was the type of person, he was the type of player that you hated to go against, but he was so freaking awesome at his craft and knew what he could do well. Um, and he did it well, like always, like you just had to respect it. And it, it made that Mavericks team gain respectability when they had no business being a respectable team. I mean, they, they won a title with Dirk MVP Dirk and Jason, uh, Jason Kidd was on that roster. Uh, Scary Terry was on that roster. Like that wasn't a Sean Marion and his beautiful form of jump shot was on that team. <laughs> like, I mean, it was a solid team, but like that team had no business, you know, winning that title. And yet Dirk. And then who are they going against? I mean, right. Exactly. And remember, so. Yeah. Remember who they were going against. That was the first year of the, of the Miami the Miami Heat with LeBron and not Ray one, and not two, yeah, not exactly. six, not seven. Like, and and I mean, Dirk stood up to them and said, "All right, let's bet," and and won the championship. Like, mm-hmm. great, that's that's awesome. Um, I think that he would have a lot of support in OKC. I would support him in OKC. Um, what percentage of a chance do you associate Nowitzki being the next head coach of our Oklahoma City Thunder? The fourth head coach, right? P- PJ Carlissimo, yeah. Scotty Brooks, on to Billy Donovan, and now Dirk Nowitzki. What percentage chance do you give that? Uh, 15. So you're saying there's a chance. Mm-hmm. You're saying there's a chance. <laughs> nah, man, I mean, I, like, you, you don't know, man. Yeah, no, I remember that playoff run so vividly. Uh, I remember when they matched up against us, and in game two, he just went off for like a cool forty piece, and we literally threw yeah, no answer. Every single player on the roster at him: Thabo, Serge, KD, Perk, Collison, like you name it. Like he's just like, oh, one footed uh, fade away here. Oh, hook hook around you and then go dunk on you. Oh, three pointer here. Twenty one for twenty one from the free throw line. Like, gosh, he was a killer in that series. 2011 Dirk was crazy. 2011 oh Dirk God. was just—he was off the chain. He was just a whole nother level. No. Can y'all imagine Darius Basley with that uh that one-footed fadeaway? Oh. Oh. 
Betty, we'll right. stop. I got, I got, I'll be right back. I got to get outfit number three. God bless. Step back base to one foot base. Let's go. All I can think of that is that Lonely Island song. That's all I can think of. <laughs> Tears in my pants. That's a classic. She says cash or credit and I, yeah. Yeah. A breeze bro- blows in and I, yeah. Just ate a grape. <laughs> there are some pretty damn good grapes, though. I'm not going to lie. All right. Matty Moles, do you have somebody else besides the Dirk Nowitzki that you would like to see or predict for the Thunder? So, you, so you've got the emotional pick number one um, in, in AD, and we all, we all, love, we all love AD. Mm-hmm. Uh, the real AD. Please stand up. Um, Sir? I... I will say another guy that I would like that I don't think is going to happen. I think Nick Collison I would really like, but I think he's being more groomed to be a front office guy. Um, yeah. Maybe like head of scouting or, or, or head of player development or something along those lines. Um, I really think that Sam Presti is, is making that a, uh, a very concerted effort. Um, right now, uh, Griffin is three to one. Atkinson is five to one, and D'Antoni is five to one. Um, is best odds to be our next head coach. Um, I I could see that. What a, what about uh, what about Gentry? How do y'all feel about bringing Gentry in to be a a molder of young men and a cultivator and developer of young talent? How do y'all feel about him? Because it feels like that might be an actual natural fit while we're trying to collect assets and, and collect players and our, our roster is fluid. I mean, I would, I would, I wouldn't mind it. I think, I think Alvin Gentry. So number one, he is, you know, he's older than Steve Kerr, but he did come from like the Steve Kerr tree a little bit. And he, he runs a very similar he, he runs a very good version of, of pace and space. Um, and so, you know, possibly with our personnel that we have, especially post Chris Paul, um, you may have a pace and space type situation with, you know, Baisley maybe playing the five or the four. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not against it. I'm not opposed to it. Bringing yes. Gentry in to be the head coach and bringing Dirk in to be a, uh, an assistant. Yeah, let me ask you this. Do you think we can afford Alvin Gentry? Do you think he'll be do you think he'll be somebody that is kind of looking for more money or do you think that he's looking for more stability? What 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 do you think? I think he wants stability with a chance to actually like call a place at home for a while. Mm-hmm. The only other place he would get that would be Indiana. I think. But yep. Indiana doesn't even know if they're trading away their stars or if they're going to try to, like, be competitive, right? Miles Turner is on the block. Uh, Oladipo, we don't know if he's going to get moved. Like, other than that, they have Brogdon, who, who is maybe a piece. Like, he's a really good player. But, like, I, I don't know if you're going to coach the Indiana Pacers Show some with their limited – Sabonis. With, the, with their limited resources. Well, Sabonis is there, right? But, like – is he is he enough like maybe maybe I'm not valuing Sabonis enough but is he is he that type of piece that's like 
I got to go coach that guy or I got to like hook my wagon onto that guy when they have pretty limited resources, like they're not going to be able to get much back for Turner or for Oladipo in a one-year rental. Like OKC just has all these other assets and they're definitely going to be rebuilding. If I'm choosing between them, OKC is the more attractive place, especially if I know I've got four years pretty much guaranteed to make this thing work. So I think, I don't know. Yeah, that makes I sense. do. I do think Oklahoma City for, I do think Oklahoma City for as much as the word rebuild is kind of a four letter word to a veteran coach. Um, I, I do think Oklahoma City is is a different type of rebuild. It's a rebuild that has assets that has, you know, that has a direction uh, per se. Um, it's not a a Charlotte Hornets type rebuild. You know, this is a rebuild that number one you already have one or two good young players. Um, you know, you have a couple more, you know, or three, you know, so I'm talking about, you know, SGA and, and Baisley, but, you know, Dort, he's, he's something, he's a great role player. He could be a great role player on this team. Um, and so, and, and they have a future, they have tons of picks, tons of, you know, possibility. Um, and so maybe, you know, we're, we're talking about, oh, you know, this is going to be a rebuild. So it has to be, you know, a first year coach or a young coach or whatever. It could be an established coach that says, look, I want to go ahead and raise this team up and under my mold and, and see if they, you know, if, if, you know, four or five years down the road, they're a championship caliber team because of me, you know, it, it, that could be a possibility also. Yep. So, and, and then the and other name, the end, like in the end, we have okay. no idea. <laughs> um, Sam Cassell is a really hot name right now. Like a lot of people are saying he's yeah. probably going to get, but I see him as like, if, if Doc doesn't go there, I see Sam Cassell. That's a nice, nice transition to go right to Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely knows how to handle egos, right? Um, he has a history in Houston. He won championships with Houston. Like, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a great fit for him. I see that as like, that's like hand meet glove right now. So Sam Cassell going to Houston. I don't know what Philly's going to do. Ty Lue's going to go into the uh, Clippers. That's definitely my prediction. Um, last kind of thing for you, Alex, like if it's not Doc to Philly, is it pretty much a guaranteed thing that Mike D'Antoni is going to be the Philly head coach at this point? I think so. I, I think, I, I think that that's team a fun is fit. Aching. Yeah. I, I think that team is aching for somebody that has um, offensive imagination. Um, and so there's no more offensively imaginative coach out there than Mike D'Antoni. Um, and so I think that screens it, that screens fit. Um, and then also I think for Philly, again, like we talked about with Scoop B, as far as pressure goes, all these teams are facing pressure, mm-hmm. whether it's Philly and, you know, the timeline with Simmons and with Embiid, whether it's, Milwaukee with their timeline with uh, Antetokounmpo, um, whether it's, you know, whether Denver just entering maybe their team prime, you know, maybe adding somebody like Chris Paul could help bolster that. Houston, LA Clippers, you know, all those teams have pressure on them. And so with Philly, you're probably not going to do too many personnel moves per se. um, That'll make a huge difference. But I think a coaching change that has a different offensive uh, mindset could do a huge, you know, a huge difference on that team. Yo, like D'Antoni is going to turn, if he goes to Philly, he's going to turn Ben Simmons into 50 cent. Like he's going to get a three point shot or he's going to die trying. Like it's, it's really going to be, 
interesting to see how much imagination um it's either it's either going to be that to or make that work or he's gonna he's gonna revolutionize the point forward position i mean he's gonna have to right maybe play yeah. bam uh abadio role as you know the the small forward point guard whatever running him at quasi five like i don't know like mm-hmm. that's weird it's weird uh but maybe maybe the the heat are laying the the blueprint here for what that yeah. looks like um did you see that that report today that uh it said that simmons and mb don't get along mm-hmm. um, i what so can you go more into detail what was that report uh simmons and mb don't get along yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> cool. Yeah. It, it was uh it was Kurt Hewlin, right? Yeah, Kurt Hewlin. Yeah. I didn't I oh, didn't, I, didn't re- I, I just read the title. That's all I that's all I read. But that's all right, you know, dude. it did it did say that. Oh, <laughs> okay. You but you I mean, millennials yeah. only reading <laughs> the titles. Um uh, <laughs> um so <laughs> um so I mean that's very interesting, right? So not only are they changing over their head coach, but if those two guys truly don't get along, it's going to be very interesting to see the line in the sand where ownership is and, and who they value more. Their number one overall pick in, in Simmons or Joel Embiid, the guy that they just gave the max contract to and, and arguably is a top five talent in the league when healthy. So very, well, very They, bo- they both have max contracts now. Well, right, right. But, I mean, they, they didn't give Embiid the number one overall pick, oh, yeah. right? Like they – like there's a certain stigma that goes along with that um, mm-hmm. that makes you just say, I have to be right, completely right. And, and so who knows, right? Like who they, you know, which kid they love the most, like it, well, you'll see um, if they make a move is OKC uh, going to potentially do a deal. Like if, could you see a CP3 deal resulting in Simmons coming back to OKC? possible but yeah. that I, I don't know man i mean so, def- defensively simmons would be great on our team oh my gosh but i don't know that we have the shooting to take in a guy like ben simmons i mean it's just like a taller russell westbrook at that point you can't have so, ben simmons and stephen adams on the floor together no, no definitely not so so eric horn um of the athletic um, he had two pretty cool articles where he talked to the beat writer for the New York Knicks, and then he talked to the beat writer for the he talked to the beat writer for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. And so, you know, they came up with scenarios as far as deals and stuff like that. Um, and so, one of the deals, you know, the the Godfather deal that they talked about was Ben Simmons going to um, Oklahoma City for Chris Paul. Um, I think it was Ben Simmons and. Um, maybe like a smaller piece, like maybe like a, a Zaire Smith or something like that. Plus us sending Chris Paul and like three or four picks um, to Philly, because of course, you know, Simmons yeah. is younger. He's under contract for four more seasons. Um, and so, and then saying basically once you got Simmons, you would bring Simmons into the front office and say, Hey, what do you need? Like literally you're, you're probably using a pick to get Duncan Robinson. You're probably using, you know, another pick to get, you know, Robert Covington or something like that, and you're putting you're putting a team around Ben Simmons. Yeah, yeah that was Hollinger that brought that up, wasn't it? 
Huh? That was Hollinger that brought that up in Horn's article, wasn't it? I think so. I think so, yeah. 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 I think so. Very interesting, um, which means that obviously that's a diminished role for Shea because, like, the best thing Simmons could be is a distributor on offense um, and maybe, like, a screen, like a pick-and-roll guy, not a pick-and-pop guy, maybe a, a, a Rob, Robertson on crack type of role on offense um, where he's like a backdoor cutter at times and stuff like that to help with the spacing issues, which isn't going to help Shea out. So like, that's the type of move that says like, obviously like Shea's not that dude. You're going to have to build the team around, Mm -hmm. around Simmons. And I don't know that I could Simmons and SGA coexist. That's a pretty interesting concept to think about as far as like what SGA needs to be, um, and what what he needs to grow into the player that he could be to reach his potential. So very interesting concept. Um, But I've just seen a lot of people talk about Simmons and I wanted to get the official take for what you guys think. Um, uh, Would you be on board like a yes or no, like uh, Chris Paul and like three first round picks for, for Simmons. I'm not a huge Simmons fan. Me neither. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not like, I think, you know, it's it's one of those it's one of those you know huge big men type situations. Like, you know, if this would have been the '90s or the early 2000s, you know, Simmons would have been something else. You know, he would have been an Anthony Hardaway type player. Um, but his 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 lack of desire to even take a three pointer, not just make them, but even take a three pointer, just hurts him uh, completely in this game and. You know, even Anthony Kumbo, who's not a great three-point shooter, takes them. You know, mm-hmm. and he makes a couple of them, and he keeps people honest. He keeps defenses honest. Um, and so, until Simmons opens up that part of his game, I don't think he's going to be. He's 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 a star. I don't think he's ever going to get to a superstar level without that. Yeah, and in, in the same breath, you know, I've heard. You know, whenever the D'Antoni rumors were floating around, there was a report. I don't remember who reported it, but they said that if D'Antoni was brought in, that they would do some roster shakeup because obviously that roster as it's built right now is not conducive to, you know, the style of basketball D'Antoni plays. And, you know, obviously a lot of people – God, you you just shook me there. (laughs) So is Dylan's. (laughs) <laughs> a lot of people, um, you know, they're they're quick to point out Ben Simmons, but I've heard some people say that they'd rather keep Ben Simmons than Joel Embiid. So would you guys be willing to make a trade like that for a Joel Embiid? Oh sure. Oh yeah, definitely <laughs> I would. See, See I, I think I think I think Embiid checks off more boxes in this game than Simmons does. Yeah. But but the thing with Embiid is he's kind of kind of suffers from a little bit of a, of a Shaq syndrome where, like, you know, when you think about Shaq's career, you look at Shaq and you're like, man, Shaq was great, but he could have been greater, mm-hmm. you know. And so you look at Embiid and he tires out in the fourth quarter of games and, you know, he has a conditioning issue. And so you, you've been – number one, you've been an all-pro player for the past two to three seasons and you still – you know, that is, that, is, that is your Achilles heel, and you still haven't done anything about it. So I don't know if he, if he can condition himself to be in great shape. Um, I don't know if he just doesn't want to, but that would be the only alarm and red flag that would kind of go up for me. Yeah. Maybe that's why we're bringing in Dirk. 
Hey, maybe. <laughs> it's all coming together. Yeah, there we go. But no, I, I listen to Bill Simmons' pod just because, you know, it's, it's an entertaining podcast. And he, he talks about, you know, different places that MB can go and Simmons can go, you know, specifically when they were eliminated from the playoffs and everything. And something that he brought up, which I could totally see him doing this because he's he's just this petty. Like, he's like Russell Westbrook when it comes to being petty. Um, mm-hmm. If MB gets traded, if he's the guy that gets shipped out, he takes it as a slight and all these things that, you know, people have been begging for him to do, you know, get in shape, stop being lazy, stop taking possessions off and truly be the dominant player that you could be. You know, you have a pissed off Joel Embiid in Oklahoma city for those next few years. It, it could be a real game changer. I mean, I'm down for that. Yep. Me too. I'm Let's go. Pissed, pissed off Embiid. It, it'd be interesting. And it, and actually, it bleeds into uh, one of the questions we had. Uh, at Jugo818, or it could be Hugo or Hugo. Uh, I'm not Hugo, sure. Yes. Um, but he said, y'all probably asked this a lot, but you think OKC could trade for a young star. And there's a couple right there, Simmons and Embiid. Go ahead and give me one more, each of you guys. Give me one more uh, young star you guys would like to see OKC try to target. Realistic or that I would like to see? Mm, but, mm, within I, I think, the realm of possibility. I, I think with our, with our cash of assets, I think anything is realistic, honestly. Okay. So there um, you go. Busted out, Matty Moles. Uh, I actually, this might be realistic. Oh. And it's somebody I've kind of been a like somewhat truther on. And maybe, maybe eventually, like, he can he can get it going. But if we're, like, tanking anyway, like, it could be fun. I want us to go get Wiggins. Get Wiggins out of Golden State. Get a pick because he's still seen as a negative asset. True. See what we can do. I really actually, as, as much as this pains me to say, really, really – like the thought of Chris Paul going to Golden State and giving him the best chance he has to win a title. Mm-hmm. We take back Wiggins and matching, which I think it, it has to be within like 20%. Isn't that true? Um, like 20% yes. of the cap. Um, so like we're not going to – it's not going to be full matchy-matchy, which is even better for us because they're not going to be able to send us enough salary back um, to, to get close to matching. You know. And – if we if we can get that that Minnesota pick down the line for their trouble, like that, oh my gosh! Like I guess I'll settle for number two, but like this year, but that Minnesota pick down the line, oh my gosh! Um, and I mean, if they're wanting to make a legitimate run, maybe if they're not wanting to really rush um, Curry back into having to facilitate everything maybe if they see Draymond is like kind of a little diminished if something clicked last year and this is their one chance to get a legit like guy that can help them basically say F you to the, the Los Angeles Lakers and to basically put the nail in the coffin for the Clippers after next year like hey you want to be light years ahead go get Chris Paul so I I mean Wiggins and getting us an asset gives us a fun young quote-unquote young player to to put at the three spot which we don't really have an answer for and gives us an asset i love it i think that's a win-win for both sides 
So it's, it's funny you say that because so I was playing around on trade NBA, but that's, you know, any, anytime I have some time to myself, that's what I, that's what I go to. And okay, um, good. I'm glad you went there. <laughs> well, one, of the, uh, one of the trades that I came up with was um, Steven Adams and Dennis Schroeder to Golden State for Wiggins and I forgot who else it was. It was just another piece. Pascal? So it was like it. So once you get past the big four as far as salary goes, it would be the next guy in. So the next salary in. So it would be Wiggins and that guy um, for, you know, so it's Wiggins and the next salary down plus either number two or 2021 Minnesota. Um, mm. So looking at that, it immediately shores up many needs for Golden State. So number one, you have your center that you've always wanted, mm-hmm. you know, this big man that can dive and, you know, do all that and play defense. And, um, and then you have a backup point guard that gives you a change of pace, gives you a six man of the year candidate. Uh, just gives you somebody that gives defenses a different look. He's not going to be launching three-pointers. He's not going to be doing any of that. He's going to be basically kind of like Sean Livingston, but as a small jitterbug point guard. Um, so, yeah, so I just – I you know, you, when you mentioned that, I, I said, you know, Wiggins definitely – and like you say, he is viewed as a negative asset. And so you can probably peel – either the number two pick or the 2021 Minnesota pick from their hands in order to get good veteran players that can help them in the immediate. And not only that, both of them are expiring contracts. And so Mm -hmm. if they want to go ahead and head into the season after that with a little bit of either, I don't think they would have cap space, but just flexibility. Um, Or if they want to re-sign these guys to smaller contracts for being on championship team, being on a championship contending team, boom, there you go. Yeah, you're talking about Looney. Looney is that guy, right? Is that Looney, there we go. Yeah, yeah. It was Looney. Like, yeah. yeah, he's got like a $4.8 million de- uh, ca- uh, cap number. Yeah, so I think, I think a, Wiggins is like 31, I think. Uh, Wiggins, Wiggins? Wiggins 29 and, and a half. Yeah. For next and season? it turns into 31.5 for 2021 and 33.6. Um, for yes. for 2022, so those are bad numbers. Those are horrible numbers. Which is where the toxic, which is where the toxicity comes from. But I mean, again, that's why we get that great asset for it. Remember, he turns into Maple Jordan when he comes plays in Oklahoma City. So, <laughs> I, I want to ask you guys this question though, because I think you all aren't considering something as good as that could be for us, because you know Wiggins can play and we could get some assets for that as you mentioned with the Dennis Schroeder trade um you know Dennis Schroeder Stephen Adams are expiring contracts and you know that frees up that space that cap space we could indirectly (laughs) we could indirectly be giving Golden State the cap space to to sign Giannis Antetokounmpo that's cute we're not competing within the next couple years anyway no we I mean well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, I see. I see what you're. I see what you're saying, Dylan. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't think like that team is still. You know, you have 
Steph Curry making forty million. You have um, Clay Thompson making thirty million. So mm-hmm. they're not going to get rid of those two. If any, if anybody they're going to get rid of, it's going to be Draymond. Yeah. You know, he's making eighteen, twenty million, I think. Uh, but you know, they'll oh. be at seventy. How much? Oh, up twenty five. Twenty. 20 uh, 22.2, 24, and then 24.8 with a player option in 2023 for 27.5. And you want to talk about nice. an untradable contract. That's, yeah. that's probably untradable. It's um, going to be rough, man. So, yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but I, I, I think they're going to be so high up with the, their top players that I don't think they can sign Giannis to, you know, to the non-Bird right type max deal that he that he deserves yeah how, how the cap is right now anyways we, you know i, yeah, I guess yeah. nobody really knows how that's going to shake out but yeah <clears throat> it, it was more tongue-in-cheek than anything but um as far as a player that i would like to see as far as like a young star that's tough man um i'm gonna have to come back to it let's 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 keep the momentum I mean, going. You you but, did it. You didn't mention Tyler Hero. Like I, at this deal? point, I don't you think Tyler Hero is gettable. I don't think Tyler Hero is well, gettable at this point. <laughs> and if he's not gettable, Devin Booker's not gettable, right? I don't think Devin Booker was ever gettable. Carl mm-hmm. uh, Anthony Towns isn't gettable. Nah, they went and got D'Lo. So yeah, they're they're there's they're great. So like, there's no other. I mean, and and the Beal appeal is gone because. Billy's not here. Like, yeah, yeah. So I like, think I no, think if Booker does move, I, I think he can find his way in Minnesota because he's expressed desire to play with D'Lo and Cat, and so they could try to make find a way to make that happen. But that's besides the point. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have to come back to a player that I want to trade because, like I said, I mean, a, after what Hero's been doing in this Eastern Conference Finals in his rookie season. <sighs> Hero KC might be dead. It's it's dead. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyways, it's let's it is. let's rapid right. fire through the rest of these Twitter questions real All quick. Right. All right. So yeah. at the Doug Beck, we love at the Doug Beck says, "When will everyone realize Spencer Sanders is the best quarterback named Spencer?" I do not understand this question. So you guys want to elaborate? Um. um well, it's a it's a Spencer Sanders versus uh, Spencer Rattler dig. Um, Look, like, we'll see. Like, obviously, it was a tough start for Rattler um, in Big 12 play. But, like, I mean, homeboy was the number one overall quarterback in the country for a reason. And and you have to remind people who Spencer Sanders is. So, um, I'm I'm just saying, uh, yes. I mean, last season, I thought his name name was Emmanuel Sanders. So... (laughs) Like like going out, just running nine routes, like, like no big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, hey, Sanders is good. Like, that's fine. I mean, come on now. Like, I get it. It's funny. It's ha, uh, ha, ha. I know you just lost. Enjoy that. But, like, just wait till Bedlam. All right, there you go. All right, at Hunter Harjo 7 says, Dirk Nowitzki, head coach of OKC confirmed. Asterisk speculated. All right, Brax the Creator says, Buffalo hot wings have to be the best flavor, right? And don't even say boneless over bone in. I have a take on this, but Alex, what say you? Oh, definitely, man. You got to have the bones in. And I I love flats. 
I love all of them. I love wings. I mean, I love drumsticks and I love flats. But I think the flats, man, just like the ability to just put those, you know, get that get that flat in your mouth and just kind of rip out the two bones and just eat that that chicken meat is just great. So and the hotter one, the better. One flat in, two bones out, man. Like I love exactly. it. And, exactly. And and you get to see like all the like. Don't you just feel like a man? Like I'm a I'm on top of the food chain. When you look down at all the destruction that is all the wings you just like housed like oh my gosh that's that's just incredible just looking down at a plate of, of chicken wing bones and you're just like yeah like i did that you have to like, do the go. you have to do the the tim the tool man taylor sign like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah man um i gotta say though i gotta say so if we're talking b-dubs which i would tee that up because that's dylan's favorite restaurant ever i love um, some b-dubs um i will say this like bone in is real um bone out like you're just eating like nuggets that are trying to be adult style and it's not working um <laughs> i i like the asian zing i gotta go with parmesan garlic though like as far as like overall flavor like i really can get down on some parmesan garlic and my wife just doesn't care that my breath stinks so bad afterwards so that's fine last time i had mango habanero um it didn't go so well for me. Uh, something about bleeding and not enough toilet paper. I don't know, but like, oh, I can't get down. I can't oh, get man. down on those anymore. And maybe it's because I'm old. Uh, but like, oh, old God. school buffalo is probably a solid choice, regardless. Yes. Yeah, I, I like the honey barbecue. That's my go-to. It always will be. Uh, I'm kind of a picky eater anyway, so that just that kind of resonates on that. Um, and I'm going to go on popular opinion. Uh, I'm comfortable enough in my masculinity to say that I eat boneless <laughs> wings and I'm proud. <laughs> Dylan likes to eat his wings with a fork. Okay. He came out the closet. No, I just like keeping my hands clean so I can oh, no, the, the, multitask. The, the chicken eating closet. It's okay. I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking about like that. All right. All right. Look, like, you know what? Like, if you're eating wings, it's just understood. Like, if I don't, if I don't have something like, like falling off of my chin and like coming off of my elbow, like, I mean, it's it's a whole process. And you don't judge a man when he eats wings. I don't like judge my a wife man. and I. I just don't like my it. wife and I had no, our like no. fourth, like our fourth or fifth date or something, like eating wings at a wing place in South Carolina. And like, I just went in, I was like, look, if you can't, if you, if you can't take me at my wing, like you don't, ex you don't deserve me at my bling, you know what I mean? So it was like, it was fine. Um, and, and like, you really get down to the heart of who a person is when you see them eat wings. So I, I don't mind getting down and dirty. It's fine. All right, here we go. We're going to do <laughs> just a couple more here. At Evan ETM asked a few questions, but he put a lot of work into this, so I'm going to read it out loud. About Chicka Wow Wow, what you going to say? I know we're going to need a rebuild, but I don't want to have to wait. Break it down, break it down. That's what Sam Presti going to say. Once we get Cade right, it'll lift us up to the ground like da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> so. Evan ETM thinks that we're going to rebuild and we're going to tank to get Cade Cunningham. Just say yes or no. <laughs> yes. Oh, sure. But that's only step one. Yes, the, the, the step one a long process. But uh, in, in the words of uh, Stephen Dolan, um, Amani the master 
Bates is going to be a key part of us moving forward in our rebuild. So we got to get the master to go with Cade. All right. At Thunder County says, did Billy's departure hurt the trade value of our assets? Because now other teams know we're going into full rebuild mode. So, okay. So I want to push back on that question because so a lot of people look at like Chris Paul and what we can get for Chris Paul. So here's my thing when it comes to Chris Paul, Chris Paul is house money because we already got the assets that we needed for that transaction in the Russell Westbrook trade for Chris Paul. So we got Chris Paul and then we got basically four draft picks. We got two pick swaps and two first round picks that are lightly protected. They're not highly protected. They're lightly protected. Um, So anything past this that we get from Chris Paul, regardless of whether we had Billy or not, um, it's just going to be icing on the cake. And you're going to have, you know, you're going to have teams bidding against each other this, I say summer, but this winter Mm -hmm. um, that coming up. Um, And so you you could possibly get maybe another first round pick or another, you know, or two first round picks. My, you know, one of my deals is, is with Dallas. You know, if you, Go ahead and send Chris Paul over to Dallas. Get a couple of salary players back. But you, what you end up with is you end up with the 18th pick um, this year, and you end up with the 31st pick this year. So the 31st pick is the first pick of the second round. It belongs to the Warriors, but they traded a long time ago, and Dallas got it. Um, and so that becomes like a first-round pick right there, having the 31st pick. And so that was the bonus, anything you right? get, I think so. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, years, years ago. So I, I think anything you get for Chris Paul is going to be great. And then, you know, as far as Schroeder and Adams, I mean, they're expiring contracts anyway. Um, and so, you know, you, you're probably not going to squeeze out too much value from that, but you, you can squeeze out something uh, whether Billy was here or not. So. All right, yeah, that's that's all fair. I yeah, I kind of had the same question when everything happened. It was just like you know because the rumor was Billy, you know, didn't want to be a part of a rebuilding team, and that was ultimately where we was heading. And so I, I thought that it might have stunted our assets um, trade value too. But I get what you're saying, man. Moles, what are you saying, man? I, I would say that like as soon as we traded any of those players that we could trade, like that would basically say the same thing. Yeah. The only thing that we did was not commit to reloading again, but we haven't fully committed to the rebuild yet. So we still have a little bit of leverage. And because of what Billy did and how we played our season, all of those assets, I mean, Dennis before the season, yeah. Danilo Gallinari with a potential sign and trade and Chris Ball, like all of those assets, maybe a minus uh, a Stephen Adams, are at an all-time high anyway because of how they played. So it doesn't matter about leverage, like what is OKC doing and are they going to be desperate? Like there's a salary floor we still have to meet anyway. Um, and we have all these assets. So I'd even say like all the assets we have even gives us enough leverage to say no, like you know, we're, we're not going to sell people for pennies on the dollar um, when we know that they're worth more than that. So I don't think we've lost any of our leverage because those guys have already shown their value. If somebody needs a point guard, if somebody needs a sniper from the four, if somebody needs a leader, who's a second team, all NBA player, like they're there for the getting, you just have to come get them. Um, so like, I, I don't, I, I see the point, but I don't think losing Billy loses us leverage uh in any potential deals and Pressy's not going to get hosed 
So I trust Presti in every transaction. Yeah, absolutely, man. Impressed who we trust. All right. I got two more questions. First one's going to be quick. I'm just going to answer it, and you guys can kind of interject if you disagree. Uh, at Ebony Team asked another question. It said, will we re-sign Dre this offseason? I say yes as an assistant coach. I say no. I think he still wants to play. So, I think we – we did his tryout for him those first couple games of the uh, of the bubble regular season. Mm-hmm. So that's what people can go off of to sign him. Yeah, I don't think he busted his hump just for a couple of games in the bubble, and that's going to be it for him. So, And he's not going to play for us, and he wants to play. I, I don't think he's got a future on OKC as a player. Maybe as a coach later, but, yeah, he'll probably go somewhere else to play. Yeah, maybe we bring him back for a vet men, kind of like, you know, we used to do with Collison every year. It's possible. It's if, if he wants it. If he wants, you know, if he wants, yeah. if he thinks that he can still go out there and compete, I think he goes to another team. Yeah, because his brother plays for the G League, doesn't he? Um, yo, yeah, yeah, Anthony. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he plays for him. Yeah, so he got he, hurt. I, he got hurt. Oh, okay. So he might not play for him. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's got roots in OKC, so I, I could see it either way. I think he's you know they've had a they've had a good relationship with the front office and everything, so I can see it either way. But last question here, boys, before we wrap this up, uh, at Grayson Wilbank said, "How are your fantasy football teams doing?" And Grayson, I'm so glad you asked. I am currently three and O thanks to the superb performance by Pat Mahomes in the clutch tonight. Uh, propelling me from down 32 points. So, thank you, Pat Mahomes. Matty Moles, how are, how's your fantasy football team? Um, on DraftKings, I'm actually up, like, 300 on the season. Whoop, whoop. Um, on my, like, I have two dynasty leagues that I'm, like, trying to dig myself out of because of a lot of injuries and stuff. Um, and Leonard Fournette not being what I thought he was going to be. Um so that that's tough. In my redraft, it's just like so decimated. Like three quarters of my bench is hurt, mm-hmm. um, and I had to drop Cortland Sutton completely. So like mm-hmm. that hurt. Um, so yeah, like last week two was a bloodbath. Um, fantasy football, like I, I said, I joked earlier about I can't wait till the season starts. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm really serious. Like I hope we can get a hit a reset button and start this thing back because this is rough. Alex Roy, are you in fantasy football? I am undefeated, man. I am zero and zero. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect perfection. Well, boys, we've covered a lot, and you know we've answered answered the questions there. Thank you guys for you know sending in your questions on OKC Top of Thunder. You guys. At OKC Top of Thunder, you guys always uh, show up and show out whenever we ask for questions. We definitely appreciate that. Uh, we want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, go ahead and find us anywhere you listen to your podcast. Give us a five-star rating, positive review. Definitely appreciate that. That helps us in terms of advertisers and things like that. And, you know, just, you know, when we're feeling down, we might go look at it and, you know, be happy. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got to say. Uh, as, you, as you can see, I'm kind of rambling because I'm getting sleepy. It's 1210 over here on the East Coast. Maddie Moles, you got anything to say to the lovely people before we dismiss? Yeah, man. Uh, Thunder basketball has a bright future. I'm really excited about it. 
Um, and go Heat. You had me there until the last part, but all right, go ahead, Alex Roy. What do you guys say? Um, just Dion Waiters could get a championship ring before Russell Westbrook. Mm. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> since this is where we're going, uh, my final words is uh, Intentacumpo versus Leonard in the finals, just like we all predicted it. We just didn't know it'd be Costas and Myers instead of Giannis and Kawhi. <laughs> So, there we go shout out at the score so thank y'all for listening y'all have a great night god bless don't forget thunder up thunder up, thunder up. mask up oh yeah mask up <laughs>